position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite. The deals! Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the next game on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 244 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you late on this Friday night, early Saturday morning, uh, at 100 hours, more or less, on uh, Saturday, June the 29th of 2019, which, for our sequel friends, the one true time and date format, uh, would make it, uh, what, 2019 0100, 1 in the morning, left coast, coast of the most, PSD, Pacific Standard Time, etc., 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 etc. Crack engineer Ivor Molina over there. I can't see you. Oh, ah, there you are. Over there in the booth. He's holding up the whiskey sign. That means only one thing, my friends and neighbors. Mmm, time to drink. Mmm. 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 That's some good whiskey. I apologize as uh, our phone continues to blow up, but we are waiting on a food order. Um, so, uh, yes, Ivor, you're fired, by the way, for not handling the food order correctly. And uh, did I, yeah, 2019, 06, 29, oh, 100 hours, oh, 100, well, oh, it's, it's 110 in the morning. 
We have a fucking enormous show for you this week, so we're going to get straight to it with our top stories. I should warn you that over, like, I, I would say over half of this week's episode is comprised of top stories. First of all, in case you've been living underneath a rock or are not clued into, like, the Linux pipeline, there was major, major developments this week, uh, which are the out, the disposition, the final disposition of which are still uncertain, but uh, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, recently Ubuntu, Canonical, the uh, company behind Ubuntu, uh, the most popular uh, distribution in all of Linux, I think that's true, I haven't been on DistroWatch lately, but anyway, um, Canonical announced that they would be dropping support for 32-bit libraries go henceforth, going forward in all future releases of uh, Ubuntu. And Steam and Valve did not like this one little fucking bit. In fact, they really didn't like it. They, they threatened to drop support. Um, all sorts of shit. This went back and forth. Uh... Etc. 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 I am a big fan of the wait and see approach to these things because generally it all gets sorted out in as uh, I think it was um, stupid end user who you know basically stole my line. He's like, yeah, you know, it all gets sorted out in the wash. The latest development, insofar as I have heard, and I have not checked actually, DistroWatch right now. I mean, DistroWatch. I think, like, Ubuntu still gotta be in the top five, and everything else is basically based off Ubuntu, unless you're running Archer Pop, or Rel, or Fedora, or um... Yeah, it's pretty much it. Or straight up De- Debian. Or, uh... You know, any number of various, you know, uh, Man- Manjaro, is Manjaro built off Ubuntu? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Bottom line is this, the latest... Uh, I'm a big fan of the wait-and-see approach to these sorts of things. I mean, it's how I managed to stick around with Linux for oh my god, for over two decades now, I guess. Wow. That's fucking crazy. Every time I think about that, it makes me very depressed and blows my mind. Oh, by the way, Ivor, you're fired in case I didn't mention that. I'm a big fan of the wait-and-see approach because I remember when I started with uh, Stupid End User, um, we got into a, a huge discussion about this. It, it, that was mainly related to Canonical's uh, future hopes of doing a uh, IPO, initial public offering, of going public, of becoming a publicly traded stock. But um, bottom line is this: like, there's lots of people who are like freaking out, like with their hair on fire. This has been true for like I don't know ten days now. And for me, it's like you know. I remember when Shuttleworth fucking went insane and I've seen him do this before. We've all seen him do this before. I mean, the Ubuntu phone was a terrible, terrible fucking tragedy of a mismanaged project and Shuttleworth has this very Trumpian kind of approach to these sorts of setbacks and this was a huge setback for Canonical's 
ostensible stripping of 32-bit library support going forward when Steam and Valve answered back at them, basically saying we are not going to support your fucking operating system going forward then, uh, which is something, one of the interesting questions, god damn it, I wish, I said do not disturb. The fuck part of do not disturb, do you not fucking stand? One of the interesting things about this that really hasn't been explored uh, satisfactorily to me is going forward no matter whatever the final, you know outcome of this, you know Ubuntu at war with Valve shit is which I, by the way, I imagine it will come to a satisfactory conclusion, meaning that 32-bit libraries will be fucking served hot fresh daily, nightly, monthly hourly as you know, perpetuity as they have before, because there's no real reason, there's no compelling pressing need to eliminate <coughs> those uh, that compatibility from uh, Ubuntu. One of the interesting things, though, will and this is why Ubuntu is not uh, SteamOS's favorite son. It's why uh, SteamOS went with Debian. They're like. Fuck you, Shuttleworth, and fuck you, Canonical. You guys are a bunch of fucking crazy ass tyrants, and we can't trust you. And but forget the crazy ass tyrants. They're, they're literally the reason why they went with Debian was you guys are becoming a walled garden, and we can't rely on you. If our goal is to move towards the open source community, because if you haven't seen the uh, Gabe Newell, uh. GDC speech, I think it was a GDC it was the speech that started this entire fucking podcast actually um the idea behind Steam adopting Linux for Steam OS was we want everything to be in line with the way we see the future of gaming meaning each game isn't just a game that is released, it is a platform around which uh, the individual players for, will form a community both with each other and with the game and then will continue to develop shit for the game via workshop, uh, etc. as there's a synergistic relationship between them and all of their friends and all the workshop content, meaning that for developers it is very um, preferable it's a, it's a it's the future model of video gaming and that's that was five years ago and it is the actual, basically the current model of video gaming, more or less I mean, you know, some aspects of the industry it doesn't work for all titles, but that is exactly what the whole idea of Steam adopting Linux was all about, because they were like, well, the only thing that we can see that is completely in line with this, you know sea change in terms of what is a video game, we're redefining what a video game is, or they were, you know, five years ago, um, based off of what they'd already seen, uh, like, you know, Minecraft, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The closest thing that, that, that that's out there is, of course, the free and open source software idiosphere. And so, Anyway, so Gabe Newell and blah 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 Best Links Games Podcast having skimming forward. Oh yeah, back to the present day. Aha, which leads us back to the kitchen. Um making a long story short, too late. No. Um I doubt 
The, the reason why, uh, for f- during the months that led up to this decision, or during the mo- during like the two months post the announcement of this decision, um, in the famous Gabe Newell speech, which is a fantastic speech, and if you've not seen it, it is worth watching all twenty minutes of it. It is, it's what has inspired us to make this podcast, um, more or less. Ultimately, they were, you know, shopping around. They're like, well, are we going to use Fedora? Are we going to use, you know, Ubuntu? Are we going to use, you know, blah, 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 blah. And Canonical tried to do, they didn't even try to do anything. Uh, Canonical just kept doing what it normally does, at least for the last, like, fucking five years, man. Every two years, Shuttleworth just gets this like fucking Trump, micro Trump cock up his ass and he's like I have to do something that will piss everyone off for no good reason at all and I refuse to ever back down until Ubuntu phone fails and that entire effort results in like one of the biggest losses by any free and open source software company ever in the history of free and open source software and or slash Kickstarter because you know we're all on our Ubuntu phones with our massive touchscreen support with Ubuntu, right? Ubuntu Touch, it rules. If you could see me right now in the studio, you would see the fucking shit-eating sarcastic grin and the giant thumbs up that I'm giving you. Because no, that did not happen. It failed. It was a colossal failure. It was a disastrous failure. Um, Many thought that Ubuntu would never come back from it. I thought that Ubuntu would come back from it because Ubuntu has fulfilled the dream started 20 fucking plus years ago by Mandrake of making Linux for the masses. And beyond that, its server deployment in terms of running headless servers far outstrips any other distribution in the world for Linux. Um, So yeah, Ubuntu has successfully replaced both from a security perspective as well as, you know, blah, 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 blah. um, Every preeminent, you know, blah. But Steam, Valve and Steam did not go with Ubuntu when they finally made their choice. They went with Debian because they they took a look at Canonical and they're like, wow, you guys have, at this point, the most bizarre restrictive license that, like, disincentivizes, not disincentivizes, literally actively discourages anyone who, even the most true believers in the world from wanting to contribute to your code base because they did this spinoff, Canonical did this spinoff of the GPL it's like the canonical GPL. I don't. I, I don't know what the. I don't know the state of these things lately because I haven't checked. But this was one of the things that really spooked Valve. They're like, "Fuck you guys. We're going with Debian because Debian is always going to be Debian. At least way more than Ubuntu will always be free and open source software. And this was five fucking years ago when they did this. Um. So flash forward to the future. Flash forward to the present their, our past, their future. Now, the present day. Meanwhile, in the future. So, everyone has been, like, ripping off their faces in the Discord thread. Uh, our Discord, you know, oh my god, it's the end of the fucking... And I've just been kind of, you know, I've jumped in every now and then with, you know, blah. But I did, I do owe apologies to Soul Ray and to uh, Blaster PR because when Solray first reported that Ubuntu was going to drop 32-bit library support, I was like, who the fuck cares? 
That was like basically two weeks ago. And then Valve fucking went apeshit. And like, we're going to drop support for Ubuntu. We hate you. And rightly so, because fucking what the fuck? There's no workable solution for Steam and Valve if you're not going to have to. I mean, sure, we, I mean, it, it adds like 17 steps. And they, they had a, a link in the show no, in the show blurb for this week's episode. I'll link you to a salient piece of coverage that basically describes the breakdown of all this. But anyway. All of this turned out to be so far. We're still on tenterhooks. Where you know it's right now. It looks like looks like Canonical might be rolling back or reconsidering the wisdom of doing this move. Now there is no fucking purpose for doing it. Now there's no compelling reason. There's no essential emergent pressing need to pull 32-bit library support. And for me, the one thing it meant was like, okay, great. Well, I guess. I'll start refurbing uh, computers, not with Ubuntu, but you know, maybe with elementary OS. You know, well, I guess elementary OS is built off Ubuntu, or you know, even Arch. I mean, because Arch is not that you know, they're they're good Arch distribution, good good. Ugh. I'm having a hard time talking tonight. Having a hard time talking tonight. Um, but they, you know, not everything has to be Ubuntu, and then there's Pop OS. You know, like I haven't used it yet, but everyone will. anyway. My big thought was, okay, fine. I guess I won't be in the future refurbing. But it's not like they it's not like any of this was set in stone. This is like two weeks now. And I've seen Shuttleworth double dog dare digging his fucking dick ass, fucking assalistic heels in on things like this that make no sense. Where I think that Canonical sometimes suddenly believes that it is Apple. And this is exactly what I described to stupid end user. Uh, by the way, f- for purposes of clarity, stupid end user is actually a listener's name of the podcast. It's I'm not just saying that, although I hate all end users, and fuck you all, end users. You guys, I'm coming for you, and I will fucking liquidate your assholes. Oh boy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to annihilate you. Wipe the earth clean of end users. Oh boy. I'm serious. I'm a big fan. I'm a big proponent of that initiative. But that's a separate story. So, um, I totally lost my train of thought. But anyway, none of this has really come about. That's the bottom line of it. And, uh, yeah. The biggest question, though, that I see looming darkly on the horizon is this is just a type of dist. Oh, yeah. Canonical sometimes thinks that they it's a Shuttleworth thing I swear to god it has to be a Shuttleworth thing where he suddenly gets power drunk and thinks that they are Apple and they are not Apple we are Canonical even if you don't use Ubuntu if you run Linux in any shape size or flavor Canonical has benefited just from your existence as a user even of another distro. We are Canonical. And sometimes, this seems to happen like every three, two to five years, every two to four years, Canonical goes ape shit, And that's all Shuttleworth. It has to be all Shuttleworth. Unless he's gone. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not even sure if... I tried to do some research on this, but who is the... CEO of Canonical. 
Mark Shuttleworth. Okay, so Google says it's true. So when he goes through like this little bitchy, crazy Trumpian, and this has been long before Trump, he's been doing this sort of shit. Um, instead of serving the user base, which he benefits from, he decides to try to drive the future of computing. What I mean by this is like Apple, you remember, you know how like Apple will like release a product and if it doesn't work the way you want it to, you're fucked and they say, and they're very happy to say, fuck you, our way is better, you need to learn to use our way. Like, for instance, if you are at all a coder, Xcode is a great example why I no longer support clients who demand Apple, but that's a different story. I don't work in Xcode anymore, not since the last release, I guess like it was two years ago, because not only do they want to reshape the end user's computing experience and how they actually are able to work with their fucking $2,000 fucking computer phone in their pocket, of which I own one, and I do, in interest of full disclosure, I own stock in Apple, um, they will try to... Apple can do this effectively because their user base are fucking idiots. No offense, I'm not here to start a holy war. I'm just saying, if you own a MacBook Pro and you're not a photographer, then you're a fucking moron. Like, I'm just saying. You know, like, if that's your primary computer, if that's your daily driver, you better either be a copy copywriter and absolutely technically illiterate, in which case you're probably not listening to this podcast, or have no other general computing usage needs, because they're they're unbelievably expensive, they are terribly inefficient, and they force you to do things my job, my way. Every couple of years, Shuttleworth goes insane and believes that the role of, of Canonical, and by extension, their flagship distribution, Ubuntu, uh, should be driving uh, the future uh, should be imposing it on its user base which is not a good way to do business uh, especially in the free and open source software idiosphere that's my, it's not just my humble opinion, it's a fucking fact it's, a gra- law. it's as fucking entropic as gravity, I mean it's like the fucking laws of the rules of the game and Shuttleworth can never fucking seem to back down or accept this until he's experienced brutal fucking catastrophic failure, so my big question is, going forward, and then we'll, we have so much shit to get through this is going to be an hour and a half long episode I'm not going to say it's going to be the shortest episode ever because as Ivor, who is oh, is that auto rock asphyxiation Ivor? Wow. He's got the gimp mask on and everything. It's fucking creepy. Hey, go to it, man, because you're still fired. I'm not no pity, no pity unfiring no takesy-backsies. Bottom line is this. If I were Steam and Valve, I would become this whole thing going forward, these whole two fucking weeks of just unbelievable dust up, which is so reminiscent of Donald Trump, it's like exactly what he does anyway I'm not trying to get into the political into any political bullshit here but I'm just saying it's exactly what Donald Trump does, and Shuttleworth has done it like three times now over the last, yeah, about six years five years Um, my big question is how confident will Valve be going forward with even even if they do uh, latest report that I read 
said that Chronicle's reconsidering this disastrous, unnecessary war of choice with the entire universe and uh, a gigantic market share of, in terms of like, you know, mind share of Ubuntu, I, I'd imagine at least 20, 25% of it is people who are refurbing old computers can't afford Windows licenses or just want to donate them. I mean, academics, governments, massive organizations does not make sense to do this now. It does not make any sense to do this now. There's no fucking reason for it. And Shuttleworth has a tendency to be really assholistic about this sort of shit. Like when he is rebuked by the community, roundly rebuked, no one was happy with this. No one. Like, unless you were just like a stone blind, dumb as fucking rocks, uh, you know, end user who really doesn't even know how to use Linux and you just got tossed off the turnip truck straight from the fucking boat yesterday um, those are probably the only people who are like yes finally at last we can remove 32 bit library uh, support from you know this operating system what is for what reason none yeah the big question is going forward how much is steam and valve how much are steam and valve you know steam valve combine likely to distance themselves significantly I'm talking about like not in like the next month I'm talking about like in the next three fiscal quarters from canonical because of this type of crazy shit where it's like I am the supreme dictator and blah it's like yeah you know you're not and that's why we like Debian I run Linux Mint 18.3 which is built off of Ubuntu so Anyway, that's my my main thought. So there we go. I, I we would not be doing a podcast. And if I'm incorrect on any of those particular details, please hit me up at Vegas Writer, V E G A S W R I T E R. Uh, hit me up with a direct message on Steam uh, on uh, on Twitter, or hit me up on Steam. Uh, my name is Skooky Sprite. S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. Skooky Sprite. Put them together. There you have me. Um, I'm not interested in your opinion if I'm technically inaccurate on any of the latest news from the last 10 days, especially the latest, latest news. Hit me up and I'll run a correction next week. But that is my understanding after fucking endless discussions about this shit, which is just so unproductive. It is like so unproductive and toxic and bad. It is bad for everyone. It's bad for Valve. It's bad for Steam. It's bad for Canonical. It's bad for Ubuntu. It's bad for Linux at large. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say I'm sick and tired of, because I was sick and, you know, I've been born sick and tired. Um, but Shuttleworth really, you know, it's so, it's almost predictable. He just arbitrarily decides to do something like this to shape the future of computing as he sees it, as if as if everyone who didn't want to buy an iPhone really wanted to buy something for their you know their their desktop machines or whatever that actually behaves just like Apple. That's why everyone goes into free and open source software because we really want an Apple-like force in our lives. No, I don't think so. And Canonical, by the way, doesn't have the organizational capability to be that force, although they do have the brain power. The, the brain power will leave 
if they want to be that force, if they continue to do shit like this, and they will continue to do, do shit like this as long as Shuttleworth is there. Anyway, that's my humble opinion. That's my forecast. You know, everyone's been fucking spouting off all this bullshit about like, you know, what they think is going to happen and what, what the fuck they think it means. And none of them have any fucking facts to back up any of their uh, speculative, you know, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you guys. Shut the fuck up. Wait and see. But the big thing is this shakes the pillars of the earth on which canonical, and this is, that, that's the other aspect of this story that I probably should mention. Uh, and I think a lot of our users in the Discord thread really hit the, hit this nail on the head because this was their read from the street of, you know, just themselves, their attitudes, their opinions, was this really, really heaps on from like the, from like the user community, um, adds a lot more negative, uh, sentiment to an already Luke, which I think is undeserved because Canonical and Ubuntu has done more for us than I can even possibly fucking say. Although Ian Murdoch did more for Ubuntu, uh, did more for us than Ubuntu really did. Ubuntu just packaged it all up more or less. Anyway, the bottom line is this has made gamers revolt. Like Three fucking uh listeners on the Discord thread, on the Discord channel, like, oh yeah, fuck, I'm out of, I'm, you know, if they do this, I'm never using Ubuntu again, fuck Ubuntu, fuck with our, uh, stupid end user says something like, uh, fuck with our games, and we'll fucking, you know, drop you like a bad habit, or whatever. And, you know, like, while these things are all nice and easy to say, I was surprised at how, um, quickly and vociferously and emphatically our listeners were to respond to each wave of this news. My humble opinion is wait the fucking see. And I doubt even half of those people who, you know, I'm going to trap Ubuntu, they're still going to be using Ubuntu. But whatever. Okay. Also, in other news, uh, Linux-based news, there was a major, if if you've not been living underneath a rock this week, there's a major problem with the, uh, Ah, oh, fuck, man. This has been going on for so long now. It's been a week-long problem with connecting... First of all, there's been a problem with uh, the latest kernel release, which I can't remember when it dropped, but I want to say it was the 18th. So 10 days ago? Yeah, 11 days ago. Um, which I up- upgraded, of course, immediately and then could no longer connect to Steam half the time. Which was a humongous problem, and... Uh, Linus Torvalds, actually, uh, thank you, Blaster PR. We're we'll, we'll spend many times thanking Blaster PR this episode for uh, valuable intelligence, etc. And he's contributed to the show. But um, oh, one moment, please. So there was this Steam connection bug that was ca- caused by a kernel reg- by a regression in the last uh, update to uh, the Linux kernel that made your Steam well. Sometimes it made Steam just fail to connect to Steam servers. Uh, which resulted in an error, and you had to, like, try to start Steam again. Occasionally it would work, occasionally it wouldn't, but even if it did, it still caused an error in terms of loading your friends list, which is a bug that, while they say they have fixed it, it's not quite fixed, but Linus Torvalds himself, when he noticed the regression for Steam connection, 
Um, he's like, oh my god, we have to get on this. And so they pushed out an update. It only took them, I'd say, four or five days after they noticed it. But it came out uh, day before yesterday, I believe. Um, I'm still on 4.15 in terms of kernel-wise, but it did fix the initial connection problem, and generally, it fixed uh, the friends list connection problem. Other games that were affected, though, oh, and interrelated to this story, uh, Steam itself pushed out a new Proton release, finally 4.2 yeah, uh, 4.2 dash 8, whatever, hyphen 8, hyphen 8, 4.28 uh, came out uh, last two two days, I want to say, and that significantly helped a bunch of games that uh, both myself and Stupid End User were ha- suddenly experiencing unbelievable problems playing, like Mordow, blah. Um, so all of that is theoretically fixed, but I was very impressed that like uh, canonical these all of these stories are kind of interrelated in a weird way in my mind because canonical got a taste of the fucking bitch slap of yeah you want to fuck with our games you want to fuck with us you want to fuck with steam you want to fuck with valve the best thing that's happened to linux since stallman torvalds and uh newell oh and murdoch stallman torvalds murdoch newell um great good luck with that because it's gonna, you're like blowing off your own fucking face. Let's rip our own faces off. Anyway, they got a hefty taste, a big time reminder of why the fuck, I'm talking about canonical here, why the fuck they're in the open source software business to begin with. It's because we are the FOSS and we solve problems and we solve them faster than you can even fucking, twice as fast as your ass, like laser feet. And Torvalds himself jumped on this, like, we gotta fix this immediately. Um, maybe I'll link to that in the uh, show blurb, too. Again, thank you to Blaster PR for that. So, the kernel regression has been fixed. New Proton has been released. Mordow now runs again. Also, related to last week's episode, Bloodstain Ritual of the Night, the latest Bloodstain game, which we featured heavily in last week's episode. Um has become increasingly difficult to get even running for me, even using the elaborate process that I described in last week's episode. Hopefully 4.2 has somewhat ameliorated these difficulties because I was able to live stream, I was able to jump into the game and live stream it last night for about two hours. Um, but But the same basic problems persist. I have lost, at this point, as many hours in this game as I have played. And you have to subtract 10 hours because that was uh, one time when I didn't realize that the process was still running and hadn't killed it. That's... I mean, you gotta understand, you have to feel my pain here because this game is so good that I am still willing to put up with this. But anyway. Also, I know that uh, last week I promised you... I didn't promise you, but I said that uh, uh, Novodress Creator and... uh, the man behind Chimeric Software, Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Nielsen, would be with us this week. Um, he is burnt out after our next, which will be, exp- for reasons which will be explained in our next item. Um, and he's still all about doing an interview. I, I've been talking to him in the Discord for the last, you know, three days. Um, 
but he's just really burnt out on the game he needs to recharge his batteries for like you know week or whatever so sometime in July we will have him on the show but he did just push out for Nova Drift Chimeric you know Jeff Nielsen's game Chimeric Software's game Nova Drift the one that I'm always live streaming uh, generally during the day uh, top down space shooter asteroid style with roguelike elements with an enormous technology tree and fantastically precise delicious controls and balancing and community input and such a good fucking game you need to buy it now and I'm not just saying that because I want to get him on the fucking show it's such a good game Uno mas, uno mas, uno mas. That's what I say every time I play it. Because every time I explode, one more run, one more run, uno mas, uno mas. They pushed out this week um, the Mayhem update to Nova Drift, which is a drastic rebalancing of the game, almost in total, in terms of like the, the difficulty, not in terms of the technology. It adds many, many, many new upgrades and three entirely new or three or four entirely new unlocks that once you get to certain levels you can unlock uh, in terms of technology upgrades um, adds a new entirely new ship body um, and just the overall change in difficulty is so good it is much 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 more difficult now uh, but you can turn off individual features etc 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 um makes your runs a lot shorter, a lot faster, a lot harder, a lot more fun, and a lot more intense. Uh, the other eight, the other like six or seven features, uh, game modes that are going to be coming out uh, are still not yet available, and there is no beta branch that I'm aware of where you can play them, but they are adding workshop content now, which is just insane. I... Content creators, the Nova Drift Media Kit has been updated. Oh, that's for us. That's for... No, no, they're not adding workshop. Okay, I retract that. I'm sorry. I misread that when I first saw it on the Discord. And if you want to talk to them, jump on the Discord. Get, get that game. Get Nova Drift. Nova Drift. Two words. All right. Uh, of course. Unless you are dead or fired, as Ivor is... Uh, it'd be very difficult to miss the fact that the Steam Summer Sale, formerly one of the highlights of the Linux gaming community's entire universe, uh, is currently ongoing. Uh, it'll last from the 25th of June, so three days ago, through July 9th. This year, at least this week, we are not... I, I, ooh, do, was July 9th before... Yeah, okay. So next week we might actually do some coverage of the sale, but I am I'm not going to do it. There are some great deals out there. Uh, one of my favorites that I found, I'm just going to, these are off the top of my head. These aren't even the show notes or in the rundown. Um, I bought a bunch of games for stupid end user uh, that were on uh, severe it's like the Tomb Raider series is like all on severe discount more or less uh, we're talking like under $5 you can get the 2013 uh, Tomb Raider reboot I believe uh, but games that like were new to me this uh, Steam sale that oh god this is going to take forever hang on recent 
I've already told you you're fucking crazy. Ah, yes. Mortal Kombat X. Not Mortal Kombat 11, but Mortal Kombat X. The one preceding the most recent one is like $9 with every DLC. And that game is fucking unbelievably crazy. Mortal Kombat is not my favorite fighting franchise of all time, but I just played it before sitting down to record this. And holy shit, it looks like a... Uh, looks like one of the many high watermarks. That's the problem with Mortal Kombat, you know. Like you either love it or you hate it. And if you love it, then over the last, you know, 30 years, there have been very high, high watermarks and very abysmally fucking stingy and oblivion, darkness, horror, bad, bad low watermarks. But that's like nine bucks with everything. Um, another game uh, that's that that does work, but I have not played too much of yet is Barotrauma. B A R O T R A U M A. And notice I'm not giving out any prices here because I don't give a fuck. Not doing it this episode. We have too much to get through because we have to get to our feature. Um, Solaroid's Prologue. Uh, Darius Burst Chronicle Saviors, which is. It's a weird fucking mishmash of just like old, old fucking Darius games and games that led up to Darius. Um, but you can get them all for like 50 bucks. They come as DLCs. They are, it's a massive savings as opposed to like $100. It's like 50 bucks. So there you go. Uh, there are a couple other ones, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Steam Summer Sale is currently ongoing. And before we get to our feature, which, by the way, we are calling RetroArch, one emulator to rule them all. Before we get to our feature, based on what the new and noteworthy I have war, we have one game to talk about. I was a North American fall when were in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. All right. I love that bumper. I'm so glad that Ivor did that before we we fired him. It's great that we also made him sign off the licensure as a work for hire for us before we fired him. It's delicious. That means we don't have to pay him our goddamn thing. <laughs> Ever! <laughs> Kiss that retirement plan goodbye, Ivor, you prick. Oh, he's holding up the whiskey sign. Mm. Prior to the emergence of our feature this week, which is totally due to Blaster PR. Thank you, Blaster PR. Everyone all together, say it with me. Thank you, Blaster PR. You are awesome. Good, good, good. Now again, louder. Keep repeating it. Keep doing it till you're done with listening to this episode of the show. Otherwise, all the sloths and puppies will die. I found a great new game that was released earlier this week, which I've beaten now, and I was planning on doing a review of it this week, uh, even though we only have 12 hours in the game. Uh, it's called My Friend Pedro. My Friend Pedro is is uh, developed, has been developed by Dead Toast Entertainment, which is just an indie pu- publisher. I've never heard of them. Uh, but it's been published by Devolver Digital, and as we all know about my feelings about Devolver Digital, 
I've never played anything that Devolver Digital has ever published that actually runs on Linux that I have ever disliked. I don't think that there's been a single game that they've ever published that I've ever disliked. My friend Pedro is no exception. You can stick around till next week for a full review of it. We don't have time to do that this week because we're already at 45 minutes, it looks like. But what is my friend Pedro? My friend Pedro is a two-dimensional side-scrolling shooter. It's not a platformer and it's not a shooter in the traditional sense. It is a very innovative uh, Max Payne-like movie-driven bullet-time slow-motion akimbo epic of violence and horror and insanity in a dystopian future um you wear a gas mask and you have a talking banana friend named Pedro who will never steer you wrong chief among the biggest innovations in this game apart from all of the amazing moves that you can do is the ability to split your aim. If you have akimbo pistols, if you have a pistol in your left hand and a pistol in your right hand, you can aim them independently, almost. And it works so well. There's a scoring system in this game whereby the more kills you get in before you know your combo timer runs out, uh, and the more outrageous your kills are, the more points you get. I've gotten up to like 30, foo, 33, the low 30s. 50 is the gold standard. I've not been able to do that yet. I've beaten the game. It is a fantastic game. By the way, just for the... In, in the in, oh, and by the way, the, vi- the visuals in this game are just astonishing. Like, once you start... Once you get good at this game... And I was hesitant at first. I was like, oh, this kind of looks like a piece of shit because it's got some weird mechanics in it. And there are also some weird animations because everything basically happens in slow motion at all times if you're good enough at the game. Um, But that, and that's for a reason because you will need to solve problems very quickly. Like when you're falling, you know, seven stories to the ground or like, you know, you're repelling... Or you're jumping, leaping from uh, ceiling ropes as SWAT teams descend down those same ropes and you're leaping from rope to rope and there are four guys now on the same ropes as you while you're getting shot at from the ground. Well, guess what? Slow motion turns into fuck, bam. Then you split your aim between your left and your right hand and you're hanging onto this, this rope and you go upside down as you grab onto it with your feet in slow motion because you need to be able to aim those pistols independently um, and you, it is amazing it is amazing, when you have to see it to really understand it, uh, check out the Discord channel um, because there's animated uh, GIFs of some of my exploits in there but uh, it is a very satisfying game and, and there's nothing like it really, imagine side-scrolling Max Payne, but with like almost infinite bullet time in a score-based environment. It is really, really, really awesome. And the attention to detail in almost every aspect of it is incredible. 
um, my friend Pedro, which, in the interest of full disclosure, they bill it. It came out on June 20th, so it's been out for nine days. My friend Pedro is a violent ballet about friendship, imagination, and one man's struggle to obliterate anyone in his path at the behest of a sentient banana. My friend Pedro, blood, bullets, bananas. Kudos. Well, hats off to uh, Dead Toast Entertainment independent developers for pulling this sucker off. Right now, through July 9th, as part of the Steam Summer Sale, it is 15% off, down from $19.99 to $16.99. We will have a full review of it next week or in, you know later. Uh, the ge- One word of warning, though. The game is infinitely replayable. Almost, it seems infinitely, infinitely replayable. I'm on my third tour of duty right now. Um... But once you get good enough at it, you can beat it in about 10 hours. Maybe 9 hours. Something like that. So it's short, but it is a thrill ride. You will love it. If you like side-scrolling platformers and you like Max Payne, then you're going to shit your pants. You're going to shit your pants. So that's my friend Pedro. Now, based on what the feature, maybe Ivor will get out of here before... 2020. Alright, so we're going to have to make this kind of quick, which is kind of a disservice to the topic, especially considering that it was supposed to be our top story and it is our feature this week. But Blaster PR, um, listener, friend of the show, and I think he, I think he's a listener. Otherwise, he just has found us from the. I don't know. I, I can't remember how I know Blaster PR, but he's an avid Linux user, and uh, he hit me about I don't know ten days ago with a screenshot of his Steam library, which blew my tiny little fucking mind because he made his steam library look like a combination of steam lutris and mess with a multi emulator uh system simulator or whatever um meaning a front end to mame not just to mame but also to you know uh nesticle to you know what whatever type of roms you have um and it all ran inside of the Steam. He was using Steam as a front end. Now, I go way back with this issue. In fact, I go way back with the with this issue long before uh, I started the podcast. I mean, we're talking like been fucking around with MAME seriously for Christ since I was 18. So that was the Lincoln administration. So it's, you know, 100 and yeah, about 120 years ago. Something like that. Um, 126 years ago. Something like that. Anyway, I've just calculated, yeah. So, bottom line is this. In recent history, what my experience with MAME has been, in terms of on Linux, has been I spent about three months solid trying to make a new front end for MAME specifically. Not for 
Nesticle, not for SNES, 9X, not for BSNES, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that got overtaken by actual events because uh, Mess came out, I think, and this is a while ago, so it's difficult for me to actually put the, the TikTok of it together. Um, and then I shifted my focus to making a uh, terminal-based uh, way to share your ROMs with yourself via SS via SSH or with other people who you know you've um, given credentials to to pull down individual ROMs directly from your computer as if it were a server with um, integration and configuration for all of the popular main front ends. The other thing that happened that made me abandon my idea of making a, a main front end uh, was a track mode came out or I learned about a track mode and it finally actually came out, came out. And then there was another one that also ran on a Raspberry Pi, or you could run it as a, uh, you could run it in, uh, inside of a actual session in, in your normal Linux box. Uh, I can't remember the name of that goddamn fucking, oh, it's gonna drive me nuts, but I, 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 I anyway. All my notes from those days are actually in a box upstairs. So, and I I don't like the stairs because, as Jeff Jeffy Wise will tell you, um, okay, I was sick that day. In all honesty, I was sick that day. I was sick. So, I'm not quite the girly man that Jeff Jeffy Wise may think I am, but I'm much more of a man than I am a girly man. My mangina is enormous. Anyway, the bottom line is this. So, I abandoned all that shit. But I, I mean, like, I have an XRK tank stick in my house. It's in front of my fucking TV. Um, I've modified it with a custom token top uh, spinner so that I can play Major Havoc in the style befitting um, the world's greatest, most awesome geeky gamer on the face of the fucking planet, and it is unbelievably orgasmically awesome. But when I saw Blaster PR's thing, I'm like, what the fuck, is that Lutris? And he's like, no, it's not Lutris. It's Steam. I'm like, okay, how the fuck did you do that? Can you point me to a tutorial for how you did that? And he's like, no, I'll make you one. And this he did. Now, before we go any further, I have to tell you that in the interest of full disclosure and in spite of all of Blaster PR's patient, monk-like, even in terms of like he, he live-streamed with me to help me figure out what the fuck is going on and we thought we nailed it, we were watching the SpaceX uh, launch that night too and it was very late and blah and I haven't had enough time to really go back and completely finish or not finish, I haven't it doesn't work for me but I've seen video and I will link to Blaster PR's tutorial video on how to do this. If you have run Linux and you have a bunch of ROMs, doesn't matter if they're MAME or whatever, you can run them all. The biggest, yeah, you can run them all and you can use Steam as the front end for them. And you can categorize them. This is all through the miracle and everything I'm about to tell you is all from the knowledge that Blaster PR imparted to me. I'm not going to walk you through everything, but I had no idea that this shit was available. There are three key components. We won't talk about the Lutris-based aspect of it because you will, you know, you will need Lutris 
if you want to run it through Lutris, but you can also do it independently. Anyway, three major components. Because mm. chances are, if you're listening to this, then you know what Lutris is, and you probably already have it installed, which is not that big of a deal. It's super easy, etc., etc., etc. But there is a runner for Lutris called Retro Arch. R-E-T-R-O-A-R-C-H. And if you look for it in the runners, it's called Lib Retro. L-I-B-R-E-T-R-O. Lib Retro, which is Retro Arch, is really what we're here to talk about. Because instead of ever having to download another emulator for any other system ever again, from Atari to MAME to Super NES to anything ever again, you just need Retro Arch. And the best way to do it one of the best ways to do it is via LibRetro installed as a runner inside of Lutris. What does RetroArch slash LibRetro I'm just going to keep saying RetroArch but remember that if you're trying to install it if you're trying to look for the runner in Lutris you have to look for LibRetro. What makes this so awesome? Well RetroArch enables the following amazing things. We'll get back to the Steam aspect in a moment, but this is just incredible. It enables net play for your ROMs. So you can play two-player over the internet. Um, uh, Blaster PR uh, specifically mentioned Streets of Rage, but whatever game you want, if you both, if both players have the same fucking ROM, then you guys can play it to player over the fucking internet. That is unfucking believable to me. I have not done it myself, but I have seen videos of it and blah blah. Oh, and by the way, Blaster PR in his tutorial, he shows you how to do everything. It's just it does not work on my system right now. I missing something. I don't know what it is and neither does he, but I will figure it out. So forget the fact that it doesn't work for me. It will probably work for you. So that is amazing right there. Other things that are amazing about RetroArch. RetroArch also has a separate Steam-like achievement stack. It's called uh, Retro Achievements that you can enable that give you badges and achievement gets for your cla- your play on classic gaming titles. That is super fucking rad. The net play though, I didn't want to bury the lead. The net play is like like that's where like I mean my boner literally knocked me in the face when I read that and then I was like I don't believe it. It knocked me in the face, went through my table. And that's really what hit me in the face. Knocked over all of my monitors, the whole fucking table upended. That's how fucking big this boner was. Like, BAM! And I was unconscious for like three days. I, I woke up, my clothes were out of style. That's like how fucking big that news was to me. And my boner. Uh, the news of the boner being that size and also the news of Netplay via RetroArch. Other major so that was the first thing then there the steam then the retro achievements which is like fucking brilliant it's like oh my god i love you then 
they announced that they have the first text-to-speech running online in terms of emulators ever. I do not know how they've done this. I do not know how well it works because it's still very much in beta. But that is also mind-blowing. Perhaps the best thing, though, is the ability to forsake all other front ends for Steam itself. Now, he will walk you, Blaster PR, in the video that I will link in the, the show blurb, will walk you through basically how to do all of this shit. But I need to impress upon you the importance of all of a sudden, instead of having like all of the, all of this bullshit, all of these different um, front ends, all of these different compatibility issues and configuration files, especially for your controllers, for your, um, yeah, for your controllers, for your, your hotkeys, for your input, for screenshotting, for all that shit. All of that is now handled by RetroArch along with all of the emulators that run in the back end. You take RetroArch, LibRetro running in Lutris, which doesn't have to be running. You know, you just have to install it, set it up, update it. Blaster PR walks you through all of that, does it very well in his tutorial. Then you need another thing called Steam ROM Manager, which is a separate, also free and open source software project that you can. Uh, it's very, it's super easy to get. I think I used a Debian, I think they have a Debian package of it uh, that you can download from their site. This motherfucker lets you integrate the ROMs that you have for any system, for all your systems, for, you know, any combination thereof, you can exclude or whatever, um, and associate them. It'll generate a playlist of them for Steam so that Steam will become ultimately the front end to the front end so Lutris on the back end, Lutris running LibRetro that's the back end, LibRetro actually contains all the emulators and they're easy to install, they're one click installs it's ridiculous, inside of Lutris it's inside of LibRetro it is ridiculous it's not the greatest interface ever because it's very confusing and has many pages but it it is astonishing you will never need to go figure out what the fuck, you know, like it, if you're like me, you take a break every, you know however long, it'll, it'll take like three years off from classic gaming or whatever and then you'll go back into it and you will be just as hardcore as you ever were but then you have to refamiliarize yourself with what the fuck the software ecosystem uh, for emulate emulation is like on Linux, and that is always a you know can be a crapshoot. It can be you know sometimes you can't remember the old emulator that you used to use. You can't remember the name of it, and so you Google search, and there goes an hour, and you're looking for whatever the latest thing that replaces the thing you don't know the name of has become, and blah. None of that. All of that is gone. RetroArch via uh, LibRetro inside of Lutris replaces all of that. But even better, so once you get Steam ROM Manager installed and configured, uh, which Blaster PR will help totally walk you through that in that little video, and and we're all available uh, on the Discord. I, I don't know how much I can help help, uh, but 
according to Blaster PR and according to myself, everything that I have should actually work. It just doesn't quite work yet. But I haven't had time. I've been busy with work all week. So I haven't had time to really comb through um, that tutorial video for the fifth or sixth time, literally making sure that I have not skipped any step. But uh, it works. It all works. So here's the way the chain works, ultimately. So you set up a SteamROM manager to create the listings for all your games, like let's say for Super Nintendo. You go through that, and it generates the list, and then it generates the icons. It pulls the art assets from, uh, I think, seven sources. Uh, the same way that, like, you used to have to download, like, the, the cabinet art and stuff for MAME from separate torrents. Although now it doesn't use torrents at all. It just actually just pulls it from... And this is all inside of Steam ROM Manager. Then it generates a, you know, a screen of the icons that'll show you, like, all the games, and you're blah! Awesome! So now you have like 770 fucking Super Nintendo games. Blah. You save the list. Then you open up Steam and you don't have to go into big picture for this, but big picture is uniquely uh, suitable for this because instead of having to configure your controller setup for every fucking emulator, you know, blah, 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 blah. Because of the way you set it up in Steam ROM Manager you have it point as it, before it generates the uh, the icons, the game list for your Super Nintendo library of ROMs you have it point to RetroArch inside of Lutris. So now when you open up Steam and you go into Big Picture and you filter by you know, you filter your games to Super NES you see all 776 of them and they're all navigable with uh, just the controller. And then when you click on one and you decide to play it, it calls RetroArch inside of Lutris, which then enables you to use all of RetroArch's features through Steam. So you don't need any other... like. So it's entirely possible to put together a cocktail, like, you know, just imagine this, this is a hypothetical, this is a hypothetical use case. Let's say you have a generic arcade cabinet with a tank stick built into it, that maybe you built yourself, um, you know, with a, inside the bottom of the cabinet is just a fucking desktop, you know, machine, but you want to deploy it in your bar. Well, now you can have that same system in your bar using only, it does not need a keyboard, using only joysticks, using only the tank stick, etc. That plays both modern and ancient arcade games. That is fucking awesome. Does not require a keyboard. Or if, or if like, you're more like me, because um, the tank stick lives over there by the TV, uh, I use a wired Xbox One Amazon, literally made by Amazon generic uh, gamepad bam, I don't need a keyboard anymore. Configuring all this shit is a little tricky. The closer and closer you get to all the details in terms of actually configuring it and blah, 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 blah. But BPR, Blaster PR's tutorial will get you squared away, should get you off to the races, and it is amazing. You will never have to 
struggle with where the fuck is a dolphin emulator you know I, I don't know what the dolphin emulator for Linux is these days blah 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 and then I have to reconfigure all of it no all of that is centralized into RetroArch under LibRetro inside of Lutris and then from the display side you have Steam your normal ordinary Steam which will now double as your front end to all things MAME mess basically mess you know Nintendo Genesis, Super Nintendo, Famicom all all that shit, everything every system you can ever imagine it is amazing and truly RetroArch is a it is the last the one one emulator to rule them all, seriously so get, check it out and take the 20 minutes to watch I think it's like 14 minutes, 17 minutes, something like that to watch the video that's linked in this week's episode uh, show blurb and it will explain this and many other mysteries to you and I mean, I, I did not know that RetroArch had come so far and I had no idea that there was a LibRetro runner for Lutris, I had no idea that that existed. I remember RetroArch being like a glimmer in someone's eye that did not work at all for me not too long ago, like maybe 18 months ago, maybe two years ago. But there you have it. So, next week, we will talk more about my friend Pedro. Check out the Steam Store sale in between and be sure to visit. And thank you, many, 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 many tank yous, many thank yous to Blaster PR for fucking. And guy's a busy guy. He took, I, I just asked him, like, well, do you have like a tutorial link? You have a link to like, you know, a uh, webpage that'll tell me how to set up the shit like you just showed me. He hit me up on Steam with a direct message and I was like, that looks unbelievable. It looks like Lutris. What the fuck did you do? Do you have like a link? And he's like, no, I'll make you a tutorial. And less than half an hour later, he's like, yeah, it's up. Here you go. Give me the link. And he's helped me out with um, interstitial problems in between. I'm sure he will be more than happy to help. Or, first of all, I will be more than happy to help in any way that I'm able to if you have problems. And then I'm sure that, you know, between us and the rest of the community, we can figure this out, not just for me, but, you know, also for you if you run into difficulties. I don't imagine you will if you're running Ubuntu. <laughs> anyway, so that'll do us for this week. We got out in under an hour and a half. I will be back next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening. Many thanks to Blaster PR, BPR, a stupid end user, uh, Soul Ray, uh, Soul Ray, also for all the great news items this week, and, uh, if I'm forgetting anybody, I'm sorry. Uh, but there's been so much traffic on the Discord uh, this week that it's difficult to remember who said what and when, etc., etc., etc. Jump and if you haven't been on our Discord, jump on our Discord. It's great. Like I'm fucking crazy this week. All right, Excelsior, get us out of your Ivor. You're fired. <laughs> A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. 
I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.